measured and critical approach here, but this dude slaps. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark four, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will and with me today is the one and only Sandbox, or Sean, as I affectionately know him, from the Gamers Guild Shatterpoint podcast. What's happening, my guy? Oh, affectionate. Thank you, baby. No, I'm doing well, <laughs> doing well. I'm just here on a, a lovely day. Uh, finally, temps have dropped outside, I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, yes, uh, it's not miserable Satan's butthole levels of awfulness. So yeah, we're good. Right. Yeah. Memphis has been quite terrible this summer, but, uh, past couple days have been a joy. Yeah. And I just want to put this in perspective for people out there that don't live near or around the ani of the devil. The it's like hundred degrees with like 90% humidity is what we've been dealing with for like the last two weeks. And yeah, 90s generous. <laughs> right. And so when we're saying that it's been nice, it's like 87. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it it's good. I saw that we're getting like record lows tomorrow, which is crazy. I don't know what's going on with this year, but I know we're not here to talk about weather. Uh, well, I mean, we are here to talk about how the wind blows in Marvel Crisis Protocol, if you will. Boom, nailed it. Indeed, and I will say, I think we're getting on to something pretty hot, though, as well. Uh, yes, I'd say we've got some en fuego situations happening in Marvel Crisis Protocol right now, and a few of the things we're going to talk about today, so we've got a big show today, and I don't want to delay too much on getting to the things, so I want to give a couple of announcements real quick first, so... House Party Protocol, we put together a jersey design that is pretty dope, if I say so myself. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I will have made a post on our Facebook page. If you're interested in checking that out, it's for Discord members only right now, which is through the Patreon, so pardon the shill. But basically, you join our Discord, you get access to that. It's a dollar a month, 12 bucks a year. Patreon.com slash House Party Protocol. And in there, we have a jersey design channel that you can check out. And if you're interested, I think right now it's only going to be $25 per jersey right now. And it might even go down lower to about 20 bucks per jersey because we're, we're close to hitting our next target. But by the time you're listening to this, you'll have just over a week to get your order in that September 9th is when you got to get your order in for that. Uh, if you're interested in, in supporting the podcast in that way and everything, and, and this is not something that, that house party protocol and like me makes money on. This is literally the cost of the Jersey. No one's going to have to pay for shipping in the U S and, and yeah, so just a cool thing, Sean, you've seen it. What do you think? 
I like it, man. It is it is loud and proud. It's awesome. I love it. Um, I got mine ordered already. Um, got it me at that sandbox 09 as usual. And I like how the cutoff is actually on my birthday. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that was totally intentional. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, make sure to check that out. And um, it, it's a it's a really cool thing. And so that's one announcement there. Also, keep it locked right here. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, because we'll be starting up a giveaway for the new core set about the middle of September, about a month before the core set drops. We will start that giveaway. So go ahead and get ready for that. So I'm excited for that. And without further ado, Sean, we have a big show here. So first thing we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the upcoming mini stravaganza that starts on 914, which is a Thursday, and then ends on 916, which is a Saturday. So Thursday to Saturday, they got a mini stravaganza coming up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what kind of things we might expect there. Then we're going to talk about Ultron, the metal tyrant. And finally, we're going to have a discussion, kind of rolled into the Ultron discussion, about grunts and what impact they have on the game, whether or not we like them, and maybe some ways that they could be improved upon. So, jam-packed show. Without further ado, let's hop right into it. So we've got many extravaganza, Sean. Thursday, 9.14, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So, yeah, I'm excited for this. I am, too. It's going to be great. I know uh, I, I like how on Thursday, too, I mean, there's no waiting for if you're an MCP fan. Um, it, they are starting off the rip with just a bunch of MCP info. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right away. They're like, okay, cool. We're going to open this thing up and then, bam, right into it for MCP, which I just love. I love to see. I love because it felt like for a while there and it was understandable. Shatterpoint just launched all of this different stuff, but it felt like for a while that MCP was maybe pushed aside. A little, like, yeah, it definitely had, like, a lull, maybe the largest lull point the games had, but as you said, very understandable. Uh, They're trying to launch a brand new game, get a lot of hype around it, make sure that first few months it was full of releases for the game, and MCP did seem to take a bit of a hit from it, um, but it looks like things are starting to get back on track come October, and I'm sure this will add to the hype with that roadmap. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and it is the Marvel Crisis Protocol roadmap, which we've already seen a lot of the upcoming things. Uh, what will have been at that point, what, six months ago, seven months ago, back at Adepticon? We've seen a lot of what is expected to come out in the early part of 2024. And, Sean, do you feel like that we're going to get some new surprises on this roadmap, or is it going to be more of the same, but also with more confirmed dates i think it's going to be a mix of both i i know they release an announcement saying that there is going to be some new stuff they have not shown or gone over but at the same time i think they're going to solidify with the things they have revealed we might get some character reveals of like their stats and what they do uh, especially with that new uh, x-men wave coming uh, it's exciting on both ends i'm really pumped for this yeah, absolutely. So that's right off the rip. Can't wait for that. And then 
there's a painting ice versus diamond segment. Oh, yeah. So this I, is obviously going to be Iceman, but is it is it Emma? Probably, I guess. Um, maybe just using Emma as a comparison, but I can't think of any other characters that would have diamond that are coming up. What about yeah. you? No, I, I can't think of any, honestly, that we know about. So maybe Dazzler? Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. Right? Maybe a little bit of like, not quite diamonds, but maybe like some Jubilee action or something like that. Maybe something. that'd be a cool little reveal. That would be really cool. But either way, I do think this is a really interesting painting thing. Like, I don't paint as often as I might like. Granted, at NashCon, I did have some paint on some models. You did. I saw. I can attest. Yeah. And I had one that was painted for me by someone else because shout out Ross. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so that happened. But also, I like this because when I've seen a lot of the diamond form Emmas out there in the world, it can definitely look very icy. Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people have kind of gone with that. Like, well, I mean, just prime white, slap some contrast um, and call it a day. And if you know what you're looking at, you're like, oh, yeah, that's diamond. But I can definitely can tell it's like, ah, oh, you know, that could also be ice as well. Exactly. So I'm excited for this. And then this is all Thursday right now. We've got some Shatterpoint news, which I think is cool. Um, some Legion stuff. And then at the end of the day on Thursday, it's talking about the path of the worthy, which at Adepticon was really awesome to see and shout out to Jonathan Ho for, for sweeping the whole thing. But uh, it was really cool to see all the different things. And some of our friends, Nate, Matt Sanders, one absolute Matt uh, work on their projects over time and kind of see what they developed and whatnot. I thought that was really cool. So I'm excited to see if there's any updates on how they might approach this contest going forward or yeah. Or if it's just like, hey, we're doing another Worthy at Adepticon, so come on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if, you know, again, congrats to the previous champion here. But at the same time, I'm wondering if they're going to, like, allow for another sweep to be viable. Or if you can potentially only win one category going forward. I know there were some murmurs of people saying there was a little bit of a feels bad. But, I mean, still, the guy, I saw all three of his uh, projects he put in. And they all three of them were phenomenal. Oh, I mean, they were incredible. It was yeah. legit incredible. And my opinion on this as a non-painter Grey Lord Supreme over here, I think it should be like categories, right? Like you have that like pro level like dude like that. And then you have like other other categories. And within each category, you can have that big winner. And like, sure, your pro guy is going to be the one that's going to get the Odin statue. But like having having a broader possible winning situation. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. Absolutely. I can definitely see what, what you're getting at here. And yeah, that could be definitely a take they could go uh, with going forward. Yeah. So, you know, with all that being said, that's day one. I'm excited. Nothing really like crazy here other than the roadmap, but I'm I'm super here for it. You so, and me both, brother. Day two, Friday, 9.15, starting at 9 a.m., they they off the rip for the first three hours. They're doing Shatterpoint stuff, which I think is great. 
you know, I think having the roadmap for Shatterpoint is really cool because this we're, we're not here to talk a lot about Shatterpoint, but I will say seeing at what point we get to the Galactic Civil War, if that happens in 2024 or if it happens later. If, if we don't get any information on the roadmap about the Galactic Civil War, then we'll know that, okay, cool, late 2024, 2025, when we can start seeing some of our favorites like Han Solo and Chewbacca and, and Boba Fett and those kind of characters. Yes, absolutely. And of course, like I'll refrain from my thought processes here. You guys can check out uh, the Gamers Guild Shatterpoint edition of the podcast for my thoughts on that in a future episode. Yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm here for for that. And then we kick off some more MCP goodness here with two things that I am interested in. One, Painting Warrior Falls, because that kit looks ridiculous. And I mean that in the best way. Yeah, I'm usually not the biggest fan of a like a diorama piece with like their rivals packs and the dual packs now you for Shatterpoint. Uh, I like usable terrain. However, that piece is gorgeous. It really is and someone that knows what they're doing with their painting is going to make an incredible display piece. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I guess you could get away, like, if you have, like, some floating terrain or something like that, and you just want that out there, yeah, you can get away with using it if you really wanted to just kind of force it, but it's just so good-looking. Just that yeah. water effects on that, and, which, uh, and that battle scene. Ah, mwah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, indeed. And I'm hoping that during this paint stream, we get the cards for Black Panther and Killmonger. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope they're... I'm, I'm just excited to get new versions. I'm glad to see the Wakanda love. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, and sidebar for a second. I played two games uh, with M'Baku Wakanda, and I went straight Wakanda. No splash characters at all. At 17 threat, two games this past Saturday. They're good right now, dude. Oh, yeah. I just... Any characters being introduced, you know, with cards like Wakanda Forever, any characters get introduced into that affiliation, it's going to add another just step in power. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you suits out there listening right now, if you have not played against or maybe with, but definitely against the new Wakanda stuff, Killmonger with Jabari Chieftain, Usurp the Throne. Wakanda forever because and and if that's all sounds like a lot but all of those things combined he's killing whatever he wants to kill and and that's two victory points so just just be ready for that play because it's gonna happen oh yeah as he's already kind of a blender of a character but just with all that support involved as well yeah, he's murdering just about anything he touches. Right. And it's it was it was exciting and like my opponents were like, "Oh yeah, we can climb back into this game." And I was like, "Let me slam that door real quick." <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. It was it was a whole thing. It was a lot of fun. So, the next thing here on this Friday that I am wildly stoked about evolving crisis response. What the heck? could this mean sean a new crisis we're getting maybe i don't know 
um, that has me a little stumped, but insanely excited. Um, I mean, hearing that just that tells me some forms of maybe like new missions and like that coming down the road. Not sure. What about you? Well, that's the thing. Like when I see crisis response, I think of the crisis team, right? So maybe it's something to do with how your squads are put together. Because I know one of the things that I think we've alluded to a few times here on the podcast, but I've seen it out there in the wild amongst the community is some of these affiliations are so large that allowing characters to be splashed into them while a core part of the game, it really just tunes them to another level. And maybe this is some kind of like, hey, this is something that we're going to start incorporating in and maybe certain affiliations are going to get certain things or or I don't know. But I'm I'm really curious what this is going to be. And it's worth noting, Sean, I think this is important. This is supposed to take an hour. Yeah, that's pretty big. I'm wondering, too, like, is it going to be like a blanket rule for like the rest of the game? Is it going to be at maybe like new timelines introductory? Like, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. That's yeah. a good thought process. Yeah. And I mean, I know another thing here that there's been whispers of a character rebalance. And I know people have been wanting that for a while. I could see that being this area. Possibly so. Yeah. If it's not in the roadmap, then it's if if it's a thing, it's definitely getting windmill slammed here, I would imagine. <laughs> the people's elbow, the owl bear off the top rope. Oh my god. Uh, don't <laughs> don't even bring up all the three right now, man. Uh, uh yeah. So that there's only a couple MCP things, 1 30 and 3 p.m. Pacific on Friday. And then we get to Saturday. And we've got some Legion and Shatterpoint to start it off. And then at 1 30 p.m., we've got Marvel Crisis Protocol painting sinister silicates. Okay, that's Sandman, right? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine so, right? Yeah. I'm excited to see this because there's been a lot of weird things said about this character so far. <laughs> oh, I know. I've seen I've seen stuff like saying, "Oh, he's coming with terrain pieces and things like like weird stuff." Right. Know. Right. He looks cool. He looks phenomenal, though. He does. He looks amazing. And I'm excited to see, I, I hope, that we get his card during this because so much weird speculation has happened around this character. Like, does he have grunts? Does he have terrain? What is going on here? What is he constructs like Magneto? All this different stuff. So I want to see this card really bad. I'd say of the things that are definitive that we know are coming this is one of those where like can i please see this card yes absolutely just kind of like put it to bed like let people know what the heck's going on with this character yeah um i'm inclined to believe you know it's definitely like not like just like weird terrain pieces i don't think he'll be like another magneto um but you know who knows he'll be see who knows so the next thing is game modes galore so Previously, Sean, we've had, what is it, Battle Realms, Collector, is there another one? I think so. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Battle, Battle Realms was one of the ones they were kind of pushing pretty early on. 
funny enough mentioning that uh, I know I have some locals that are interested in wanting to do like a battle realms league. I'm down. Um, yeah. Right. I'm like now down. that we have such a plethora of characters, I think it would be really good. I digress though. Uh, yeah, no, it would be really neat to see more game modes introduced to the game. I think that not only more, I think this is a zone cause this is another one that's going to take an hour. It's scheduled for an hour. So I want to see a couple things. One, tell me how these timeline events are going to work now. I need to know now. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, on a personal level, I am the three-day event, different rosters not sharing. I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of. I would. I really want to see something for like your regular events some changes or something like that down the road for those because it's not often we're going to be seeing those three-day events correct i mean like i think i said this before when that was announced and i think you might have been on with me when we talked about it is these these things are going to be your lvo your adepticon and then maybe one or two others throughout the year that's what that is going to be and I hope we get some clarification on that in this game modes galore. And I hope that they not only tell us the full idea of what this timeline shenanigans are, I hope they're also open to feedback on it once they do announce it so that they can, you know, but I've, I doubt that'll happen at, until after Adepticon anyways. But I want to see that. And I also want to see some some maybe ways to make Battle Realms better, right? Like I like Battle Realms. I think it's actually... A, a decent thing to do and it's one that i would love to do a local league with that i think that'd be a lot of fun actually so i'd love to see some expansion on that concept and maybe some refining of that concept while like you said seeing more stuff yeah absolutely um i actually want to like go through those rules and uh, i'm thinking about even doing it like a draft style similar to how you draft magic gathering where instead of just having this plethora of characters all just shoved in your face and you're just like pick one instead you get them in smaller groups and you're just like hey here's like 15 characters pick a character between these and yeah. you take that same pool and just you rotate it around who all is going to play in the league yeah, And then once those are all gone, then you introduce a new pool of characters and you follow suit with that. Yeah, and, and that, I think there's some some ways to to mix that up and make it interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to see what game modes galore brings. I mean, I, I think, Sean, with everything that we've talked about that's coming for Marvel Crisis Protocol in this mini stravaganza, I think we're going to be feeling pretty good. I think so too. Um, obviously, there's love for the other games. I do, at least from a information standpoint, looking at these lists, feel that MCP is definitely getting the a little bit more love than the other games um, when it comes to an information standpoint uh, with these titles here. Yeah, definitely. And poor X-Wing and Armada. <laughs> Yeah, I know. A little bit of Legion. There is some Legion content in here, I will say. One little thing I'll point out on that last day that's not MCP related. um, At 4 p.m. painting, that's just good business. That uh, that hints at a certain character, I think, that they'll be going over that weekend. Oh, you mean my favorite character and the one that I will play nothing else of on Shatterpoint once he releases Cad Bane? Uh, Actually, I think that might be referencing Hondo. 
Oh, okay. Uh -huh. See, I'm okay with that too. That was one of his lines in the in the show. Like, that's just good business, right? That's right. Okay, yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. I'm here for it. So a little bit of little bit of potential spoilers there, but I think that might be referencing him. Sweet. Super here for it. I think that's all for the mini stravaganza of this podcast. Um, so is it is it Ultron time? I, th I think it's. I think we're like. I don't have any fanfare music to play. But I kind of want, like, you know. Okay, here comes Ultron Metal Tyrant. <laughs> he, I will say, before we even get into this, I think he's like my favorite character in the, the new core box. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty in love with this character, and I'm, I'm trying to take a measured and critical approach here. But this dude slaps. Oh, God, he's so good. And and as always, we are going to do what we always do here. And we're going to talk about his miniature first. Because it's what we got to do, right? That's right. Yeah, this is the Ultron we wanted. This is the people's Ultron right here. Oh, 100%. It is the people's Ultron. <laughs> I mean, he's got his cape because Ultron and a cape, it's just a thing. Like, why does this AI robot need a cape? Who cares? He wants a cape. He, hey, he's the metal tyrant. This is his tyrant form. He puts the cape on. Yeah. He's just, I, I love how imposing this is. He is very clearly on a 50 millimeter base. And yes. I just, oh, like, I love this model. And I'm not even talking about the other part of the model, but like just, just Ultron's model. It is so imposing. And I saw it at Gen Con. It's, oh man, like seriously, it's so good. I bet it looks so good in person. With all of that said though, the contact points for this cape scare the bejesus out of me. You know, I've seen worse, but... I agree. I do think I'm a little worried. If it tucks under the shoulder pads, I'll feel better about it. Yes. Yes. Like, this is one where I don't pin often when I do plastic miniatures, but this is one where I would be considering a little additional support in some way or another for this cape because, I mean, it's floating out behind him. So when you go to grab the model, like, what are you grabbing? You know what I mean? And if you are and if you're a magnetizer like me, making sure you put your magnets in a position where you don't have to like yank is uh gonna be key. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna try to be I'm trying to grab him like at the waist. Yeah. A lot and not grabbing around in front of that cape if I can help it. I mean, I'm just gonna try to grab him by the base most of the time or like by the head. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. All right, so don't he, have a strong magnet. Yeah, exactly. So we also have the drones, which there's four of them, five of them, sorry, on this base. And like, if this doesn't encapsulate everything that is Ultron drones, I don't know what does. Like, shout out to the sculpting team because this is the best. Yeah. Oh no, these 
uh, by far best like grunts I've seen. These drones are sweet. I love, and especially when we get into his mechanics later, like that one guy crawling out of the ground. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Like, I mean, it legit. This is comic book Ultron drones. Like, I mean, this is legit what's happening here. And I, I love it so much. I think these are just incredible. Now, Real talk, Sean. I will be painting Ultron. I'm that is happening. That was the first model I painted from the original core set. And I will and no joke. I love Ultron. So <laughs> I'ma hold you to it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna paint him. So what color are you painting Ultron? Classic silver? Or are you going gold? Oh man, I don't know. Th I might do gold on this one. I mean, it's the tyrant after all, right? Like yeah. oh. I think so. I think I'm going to do it up different. I think I am going to do the gold. Yeah. So I went gold on my original one because I really liked it, but like I'm, I'm doing gold again and he's going to have, he's going to be blue. I'm going to do like a blue interior. Ooh, I yeah. like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I think that's going to be pretty cool. And, and the drones, I might keep silver just to differentiate. Yeah. I like that. You know? So yeah, I'm, Oh gosh, I'm I can't say enough good things about how much I love this model. But we can say more though when we get to his card, man. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of, love the art here. It's it's wonderful. It's Ultron and all his glory, just you know, doing his thing. So we have Ultron Metal Tyrant with an alter ego of, you guessed it, Ultron. <laughs> so he has a top stat line of four physical defense, four energy defense, and a sweet five mystic defense. He has eight stamina. He is threat value five. He is size three, and he moves medium. I love this top stat line, and it's worth noting on his injured side, the only thing that changes in his entire card is that he goes from eight down to six stamina. Yep. That's all right. Yeah, four, four, five is very strong. Uh, if Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's like Dormammu defenses? Uh, yes, that is that is Dormammu defenses. On a five threat. On, yeah, buddy. Yep. Yep, I'm here for it. And I, I love it. I think having eight health, I mean, he's going to be a hardy boy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Size three is fine. Medium movement while on that 50 mil base is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah. And that five threat, I think, is something that as we go through his cards, going to make a lot of sense. And I think it's really cool. That there are, quote unquote, two five threats, one for the good guys, one for the bad guys within the core box. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Uh, it is uh, quite sweet. I'm noticing that like the three threats are kind of taking the two threat role in this box this time around. Um, and but yeah, it, a bunch of fours, the two fives. I think it balances out fairly well. I agree. So would you like to go over his attacks? Yeah, absolutely. First, we have concussion blasters. It is range four, six strength for no power. After the attack is resolved, the character gains power equal to the damage dealt or as we like to call a builder. Um, and for a wild trigger, you get nano corruption. 
after the attack resolves, the target character gains the poison and bleed special conditions. Good God, is that good? <laughs> yeah, and worth noting, it's an energy attack. Yes, absolutely. Like as we know, the one of the lowest, like or the lowest defensive in like in the game. Um, yeah, poison and bleed on a single wild trigger is money. Right, and so for those of you that might be new, poison is you gain your power during the power phase and then you lose a power during the power phase is how poison works. So basically it ends up net zero. And while not necessarily the strongest condition in the game, there are other characters that synergize with that condition that I think if you put Ultron Metal Tyrant on a team with those characters, it can be very impactful. But also... You mentioned it gives you bleed as well. And that's the thing about this, right? What makes this so good is not that you get to do poison or bleed. It's that for one single wild on six dice, so about 66% of the time, you will apply both poison and bleed as long as those characters aren't immune to it. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the fact that you do both, right? Poison is kind of considered as like the weaker, if not the weakest, status condition in the game. Uh, bleed is very solid, not the best, but it's it's definitely good. But the fact that it's a single trigger to do both is quite strong. Exactly, and bleed at the end of your activation, you take one damage. So, I think it's also worth noting here: six dice at range four. That is uh -huh. not common. Cosmic Ghost Rider has that. And six dice at range four, I think that now Ultron and him are the only two characters that have a stat line like that. I want to say you're correct. Um, yeah, something like that. And for, for an energy attack specifically, yes. Right. And I, I, just, I really want to reiterate, this is really good. <laughs> like, it's it keeps Ultron in a relatively safe place and, like, you know, as we get through these superpowers, you're going to see, I think he's he's going to have an impact on the board here. So what's the next attack? Next attack is Extinction Protocols. It is a physical range three, eight strength that costs four power. Before damage is dealt, if the target character is size four or less, that character is thrown short. And then it has a wild trigger of explosive force. After this attack is resolved, other characters within range 2 of this character are pushed away from this character short. The pushed characters suffer 1 damage. This is really weird. It is, it is. Yeah, so it I like the throw before damage. Oh, That's it's... really good. Mm. Especially with a size 4, right? Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's before damage, too, that's always important. Um, it's always a little bit of a feels bad if it's after and you are days or KO them before, yes. like, before that happens. Um, I like that the explosive force trigger, it's interesting because it's from, I believe, you, right? Yeah, so it's measured from Ultron. Mm -hmm. That is a... Uh, not your typical design. I think most attacks, or I, I know most attacks, uh, usually do their effects off of the targeted character, like if it's in some sort of radius or like that. Is this the first time we've seen something triggered from the character doing the attack like this? No, because 
Black Panther has the same thing on Kinetic Burst. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so sure does. that's the comp here, I think. And when you, if you've played Black Panther recently, or or even if you haven't, you get in tight and you do the thing. And with Black Panther, it's like, okay, cool. I want to do a nine dice kinetic burst. It's going to be awesome into this one character. And then I'll hit the other guy that's around me also. And then you forget, oh crap, I'm going to push him away because of explosive force. And it's automatic on, on that attack from Black Panther. Whereas here it's a wild, but pretty high odds. You're going to have a wild with that said, I think this is a really interesting design choice because like you said, you, before damage dealt, get that throw, size four throw short from range three. That is excellent. Yes, yes, it is. Um, playing a bit of Shatterpoint myself um, and using a character like Asajj, having a throw that can go from range three and throw out, If you're, especially if you're doing it at that max three, you get so much distance covered. You're usually forcing your opponent to sacrifice an action just to come back in and do anything. Exactly, exactly. And then layer into that, like let's say you throw that character relatively close to you. And this is not an away throw. This is an omnidirectional throw. So you choose where it goes. So maybe you throw him a little bit closer to you. And now you trigger explosive force, so then that extra point of damage can be done. Like let's say you were trying to throw him to do their damage and they had one health left. You know, that old, that old classic, one health left, okay, cool, I'm going to brace it. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, now you have an opportunity to say, okay, cool, I'm going to throw you, and you're still going to get the damage on your friend. If you play brace, that's cool, but I'm still going to be able to get my one damage through, which I think is really interesting. And I like that. Yeah. And, and I think that it's more of you're going to use the, you're going to want the explosive force from this when Ultron is kind of in the danger zone. You know yes, I mean? it's definitely like a get off me type yes. trigger, right? Yes, and it's also really critical to note this right here. After this attack is resolved, other characters within range two of this character. Not enemies, not friendlies, other characters, so literally everybody. Yeah, allies included, folks. Uh, it- that is... Very interesting indeed. You can even do some shenanigans where if you're off of a point, like an objective, and you have another allied character that is just off that point, maybe they got thrown earlier in that round, you could potentially do extinction protocols within range two and push them back onto an objective so you're uh, securing it again. Exactly. Like there's there's definitely some shenanigans and some like, I don't, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say, well, I'm going to let my one character suffer a damage, but there's times... Again, this is a points-based game. There you go. You know, I, I think that's an interesting thing. And then as we'll see with Ultron's drones that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, could be a sneaky way to to do some stuff with them as well. Absolutely. So these are his only two attacks. And Sean, how do you feel about this as an attack suite? I think it's fine for the character. Um, having that six dice builder um, that is range four, as we talked about earlier, is very strong. I do think that's actually for for a five threat, one of the stronger builders in the game. Um, so that is very good. 
uh, extinction protocols being range three, uh, eight strength. It is physical. That's like obviously the highest um, or the most known damage type in the game. But eight dice throwing size four or less with that explosive force trigger. Um, it is very good. I think uh, these two attacks uh, complement the character very well. They do. They do. And one of the things I think that when you're looking at extinction protocols and this attack suite as a whole is it's a lot of power, but with that builder, I feel like he should have access to power fairly well. Secondly, if you think about this as like a throw with benefits, then you can look at it like, oh, okay, it's it's a four power cost throw. Like that's how I view that. It's a four power cost throw that also can do some damage. Yeah. If you're viewing it that way, um, yes, that is a very good way. Yeah. Four power for a range three throw that I get to roll some dice and do some extra damage. Exactly. Exactly. And now let's talk about a superpowers because I think there's some other fun things here that we're going to be able to discuss. So we have an active superpower and that means it has to be during Ultron's turn. He uses the superpower. As a matter of fact, all of his superpowers are active or innate. So I'll, yeah, just be ready for that. Kinetic field generator. We've seen this before on the original Ultron, except I don't think it was size four. I think it was size three throw, but it was called the same thing. Oh, nope. It was size four. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Choose an interactive terrain feature of size four or less within range three and throw it medium. The superpower can be used only once per turn, and that's going to cost you three power standard throw with the exception of within range three of Ultron and his 50 millimeter base and you throw it medium from his base so whenever you're measuring a throw when you're throwing terrain you measure from the character that's paying the power that's where you put your movement tool and you throw it at things and anything it overlaps it hits and then when you're measuring a character throw so like for extinctions protocols you measure from the character being thrown that is an important distinction that is is easily lost on newer players it is indeed um as for this uh, attack or i mean the superpower rather um yeah no it's good to see it come back i think it's a very solid superpower um having a character that has that option to get that extra damage in with a terrain throw is always a good thing Exactly. And it's one of those things where I don't necessarily see myself using this too often, maybe because of some very uh, important things we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I think this is great for his kit. The range three part of it is nothing to scoff at. I mean, if you've played against Magneto, you'll know that a range three throw is legit. Yes. And I've played a lot of Magneto and mm, yep, brings me home. Yeah, I think, and this is just just one man's opinion here, I think on a table with Ultron Metal Tyrant, it'll be high likelihood that there will not be a lot of terrain left when it's over. Yes, as you kind of alluded to earlier, um, you're going to be wanting to throw some terrain. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is really wonderful. Next, we have another active superpower, Encephalobeam, which, what a name. It's going to cost you two power. Choose an enemy character within range three and advance it short. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Welcome back, Bao. Right. Bao and a core box. 
Hey. Hey. Yes, this is wonderful. And if you don't know what we're referencing, it's a bow to the will of Modoc. That was the first time we saw this superpower. Used to, it could be used a lot. Now it's only once per turn. Thank goodness, right? Oh, yeah. AMG has learned their lessons. <laughs> and uh, you now see that text printed on these abilities. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this is wonderful, though. Like, seriously, wonderful. Because if you not only think about the aspect of points, you also think about, all right, cool, I need to get someone into range for an extinction protocol. I need to get someone into range for kinetic field generator. I need to get someone into range for my concussion blasters. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Or layer into the point scoring way of it. Oh, cool. You're contesting that objective. No more. You're no longer contesting it. Thank you. And now I've effectively staggered you. Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the latter will definitely probably see more so of play. Um, just popping people off points is always a very strong thing to do with these type of abilities. I like that. Popping people off points. It's, it's a nice little bit of alliteration there, Sean. Yeah, you like that? I do. I, it's <laughs> It really makes my heart happy. <laughs> so I, I love this kit so far. Uh, the next superpowers we have are three innate superpowers. So we have Metal Mind. When this character is defending against a mystic attack, count each wild in the defense role as two successes. Additionally, this character cannot be pushed or advanced by the special rules of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. So he can still be thrown, but the control game is going to pretty much not work on Ultron. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, he's not immune to the throws. He's also not immune to places as well. Um, granted, there's not that much that does a place to an enemy character in the game currently. But yeah, no, he... he Controlling Ultron is going to be hard. And if you are a mystic attacker going into Ultron, um, I will pray for you. Um, I'm just going to say you shouldn't. I mean, this isn't quite the level of Strange Supreme and his reverse pierces. It's not quite that. But when you're rolling five dice and each wild is counting as two into mystic attacks, you're likely to have two successes minimum. Every time, like whether that's from shields or something else. But like when you when you think about the math of it all, I think that betting on two successes is a fair thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just very, very strong. I think uh, Metal Mind is a fantastic defensive ability. It really is. It really is. And it is. It's just, yeah, I love it. So I'm going to skip the next one for one second. And then he has flight. Of course he does. And then he is immune to bleed and poison, which I love that. Yay. Yeah. Yep. The normal robot stuff. I yeah. love it. Yep. Now, he has another innate superpower. I will create a better age. When a terrain feature is destroyed by an allied effect, I think that's really important. If it there is, is not an allied Ultron drones in play, you may place an Ultron drones into play within range three of this character. It gains the stagger special condition and is part of your squad. So we're going to talk about Ultron drones in a second, but this is cool. 
I think I'm really emphasizing the allied effect part because I think the way this is worded, you could easily mistaken like, oh, uh, Juggernaut ran through a barrier and now I get to put my drones down. It doesn't work that way, right? Like if you're playing Juggernaut, you could do that. If your opponent's playing Juggernaut, you could not. So I think right. keeping that in mind is going to be the thing you have to remember with this character. But just think of it like this. Your Ultron drones can only come out on your turn. Easy way to think uh, in most In most scenarios, yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh, don't really think there's anything. Well, there are a couple of effects that you could potentially do a throw, something like that. I want to say that's not your turn. Um, but none of that comes to mind right now for me. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's just your stuff. If you are to destroy that, and if they're not in play already, then you get to create them. I do think it's interesting to create the drones within Ultron, but I think it would have been hard to rule the drones being created around where the terrain feature was destroyed. Yeah, definitely. I think that it just it it was a, a rule thing there. I think it makes sense. I'm I'm fine with the way that's worded. And being that it's range three of Ultron, it gives you a little flexibility, which I really yes. like. Um, yeah, absolutely. With this, you know, we've seen this with a lot of grunts recently. I say a lot of them. There's only been one other one that's come out in recent times. But having the stagger condition as opposed to an activated thing, which I think is wonderful. And I also want to really hammer home this other point here. It has nothing to do with Ultron's turn, whether or not these grunts come into play. It's just if they're not there... They get to come out when, an, uh, when a terrain feature is destroyed by an allied effect. So you can hold Ultron's activation, destroy some terrain with somebody else, pop out the drones. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first time we've really seen something like that where it, it drones have been able to, not drones, but uh, grunts, however, can come out not during the parent character's turn. Right, which I think is really cool, and it provides a lot of flexibility, I think. So, yeah, Sean, let's talk about these grunts. Yeah, these grunts. Yeah. These so, grunts of mine. So, so grunts. Ultron drones with the uh, alias of Ultron drones. <laughs> they have three stamina, move medium, are size two, and they have a two, two, two defensive stat line. Very basic, um, low numbers, but this is the first time we've seen grunts have two two and two uh, and not have a one at least somewhere correct um, and worth noting they're on that 50 millimeter base so the medium moves going to be really nice for them absolutely uh if you don't mind we'll go ahead and go over the rest since it's kind of a small card as yeah. runs usually are we have energy blast range three strength four for no power of course as a grunts cannot have power uh they have a superpower called as reactive called rough around the edges Costs zero power. When this character would be removed from the battlefield, enemy characters within range two of this character suffers one damage. An allied Ultron Metal Tyrant gains one power for each damage dealt this way. Then this character is removed from the battlefield. Mm. So they blow up when they are gone. Mm. That's very, very cool. Mm. I love that design. Hmm. <laughs> mm. also and, and as we mentioned earlier about uh power for ultron this is another way for him to gain power outside of his builder absolutely and of course, other means absolutely so finish uh, this card out because i have some thoughts 
Oh, for sure. Uh, so we have two innates. Of, the first one is Program for Destruction. This character cannot pick up, hold, interact with, or contest objective tokens, period. Mm. Um, so no, no uh, extracts, no secures. They do not play the objective game at all. And I approve. The last innate is Flight grunts for ultron metal tyrant and also immunity to bleed and poison love it so real quick before we we go the overall thoughts of this card if you're a newer player and you're unfamiliar with grunts basically they are additional models that come with a parent character it's it's referenced in the rules definitely check that out but at deployment you have to deploy them at the same time you deploy the parent character and when you choose to activate the parent character the grunts have to activate first is that right sean that is correct yes yeah. so in wordings of like red skull uh, he his grunts are created when you select him but it's not when he starts his activation only during the selection that you're going to activate them. And that's how he's able to get around the, oh, well, he's being activated, so you can't move them. You can go ahead and activate his grunts because he hasn't started yet. So to kind of give a an idea of that rule. Yeah, it, it's an awkward and weird word of, of ruling, but grunts are odd. Highly recommend if you're a newer player just reading the rules. It's pretty straightforward once you read the rules. But there's some weirdness to them. You can only have one set of grunts on the table at a time. So let's say we're playing Ultron with Shadowlands Daredevil. We cannot have the ninjas and the Ultron grunts out at the same time. That's correct. So that's that's an important thing. Now, Ultron drones. Thank you, AMG, for making good grunts. <laughs> I will actually highly agree here, Will. Yes. Um, easily the best design grunts I've seen yet. And that's it right there, Sean. That That's exactly it. The best designed grunts so far. Now, my opinion on this, and we're going to roll this into our grunt discussion here. This is, it's perfect. And I know a lot of people are probably saying, these grunts suck. I saw when... They first got revealed. Everybody's like, these are the worst grunts in the game. How are they so bad? The thing is, grunts should not interact with objective tokens, period. Should not contest or or very, very, very limited objective play. But currently, we have three grunts in the game that just screw over everything when it comes to objectives. So... I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that just yet, but these grunts here, they're murder bots. They're murder bots. And that is exactly what Ultron would make, is murder bots. And the explosion that they do, rough around the edges, its I mean, that is the best theme ever. Oh, it really is. Yeah, no, I, that's honestly to me, like... Why I like this design so much is that, yes, they're murder bots. Yes, they don't do anything with objectives, but they still have flavor. And it's because of that ability. Um, it just makes it where like, yeah, okay, if you if you're within two, you're going to get punished if you destroy these guys. Yeah. Um, and that is just enough flavor because grunts have a whole lot of stuff, right? Like grunts should just be kind of very bare bones. 
which that's what these guys are. And they have like a little quirk about them. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and three health with twos defenses, these guys aren't going to go down that easy, which I think is really cool. And it's saying, okay, cool. I'm going to run my grunts up in here and you, you don't have to attack them, but you know what? You're going to get four dice energy shots at you the whole game. Absolutely. The fact, too, that the way Ultron has to resummon these drones is easily the most restrictive way we've seen so far in the game. They should stick around a little longer than with what other grunts we've seen. Oh, it is very restrictive. I mean, it's it's three power functionally, if you think about it, from from Ultron himself. Like if it's just Ultron doing it, it is functionally three power. If it's another yeah, character doing it that has a, a decent throw also three power if you're doing something that throws a character into a piece of terrain and that piece of terrain is destroyed again those things aren't free and exactly yeah and that's what i was going to get at too i mean even functionally for ultron it could be four power if he's doing extinction protocols and he throws a size three into a two um yeah i mean that's expensive you're paying a lot of power for that right exactly and it's worth also noting here that Throwing something into your own grunts is a thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you're trying to just get that impact damage, that collision damage, and then if it kills the grunts, they blow up and do an additional damage, that is some pretty sweet tech. Exactly. So I think that this, this version of grunts opens up a different way to play the grunt game that we have not yet seen in Marvel Crisis Protocol, because you're not worried about objectives with these grunt characters, and you're also not breaking the squad composition math of how you're going to score your points, which I, I'm I'm super here for, because I think that this is the most balanced iteration of grunts we have seen. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait to put this on the tabletop. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be so much fun, and I think that like that thing I just mentioned about throwing something into your own grunts. That that's a thing you can do. Beam attacks. Cool. I I moved my grunts over here near this gamma. Everybody's within two of it. I have a beam attack. Oh darn, my grunts took a damage. So be it. You know what I right, mean? Right, exactly. Oh no, they're gonna blow up. How many oh you have two characters right there? Oh, that's two damn you know, a damage apiece. And my Ultron gains two power. Exactly. And oh, Mordo just gave them two dice on their attacks with Ferocity of Sidorak. Oh, they take a damage and blow up too? Oh, darn. Right. Like, oh, man. I just, I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I can't wait. And, and this rough around the edges ability is one that your opponent is going to be required to have the mental load of, all right, where are the drones? Move, move and shoot with the drones and moving, shooting to being within two of of characters or at least a character maybe an important character is a very valid thing i think with these grunts you know they're not just gonna be sitting on a back point scoring points they're gonna be mobile which i'm super here for 
Yeah, absolutely. Like these are grunts too. Like they have that medium move. They're going to get around because they're also on a 50 mil pace. Um, yeah, they're, they'll get around. They have plenty of movement. I mean, but you're not worried about moving them to score. You're worried about positioning them for the best cause of attacks and probably trying to put them within range too of enemy characters. So if they're dealt with, it forces your opponent to either just eat the damage or potentially force him to burn an ability or an action to get out of that range. Exactly. Exactly. Which I really like. And it's like, cool, throw them, spend resources. Like this is, this is a version of the grunts where it's like, they're going to give the opponent resources back, right? With power. Like if you do kill them with a builder, cool, you'll get some power back. That's that's fine. When I do rough around the edges, you'll get some power back for that. But spending those resources on these grunts, this is the first time that I personally feel like that those resources are going to be worth it, right? Like if I'm playing against an Ultron Metal Tyrant and I don't want to deal with having four dice energy shots at me constantly or being blown up with rough around the edges, spending those resources because I know I'm going to be able to get them back feels okay yeah for sure for sure so it, it it's and and you don't have to and you don't have to feel bad ignoring them now right like you could just ignore them whereas previously well i can't i can't ignore the fury uh agents the shield agents because they're standing there with a stupid extract i can't ignore the the skull hydra goons because they're sitting there scoring points this whole game you know i i think yeah, I want to finish off our conversation about Ultron and then kind of weave this into a broader Grunts discussion because I have thoughts. But anyways. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be a great wrap up there. So yeah, Ultron is sick. Can't wait to put him on the tabletop. He is, he looks like a blast to me, literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the him with the, the Grunts that are actually like very well designed Ultron himself. He still has flavors of his old version, just juiced up. And that is what I wanted out of this character. I don't know about anybody else, but this is great. Yeah. I will say I'm sad a little bit that he loses the incinerate option because I mean, if he had incinerated probably be too much, (laughs) but I'm sad he doesn't have incinerate on his card somewhere. And it feels like that, he probably would have been closer to a six threat if he had, like if nano corruption did incinerate instead of poison. Yeah, that would be pretty gross. I think That'd be stupid. Um, I mean, even how he is, he's a solid five. And then he has the grunts option too. Exactly. That kind of like bumps it up. Yeah. I think he's a very solid five. I think that he's going to have his matchups that aren't beneficial, but I think that, with crisis setups where you're expecting a brawl, which is what we've seen a lot of these days, I think he's gonna gonna have some real juice on the tabletop. Yep, you'll get a lot of squeeze out of him for sure. Exactly. Uh, something to note too. Um, I'm sure you noticed. Will uh, he has the alias of Ultron? Um, yeah, I picked up on that. Why is that relevant, Sean? A little card called uh, Age of Ultron, if you have the core box one, um, you can use this on this five thread. What? Yeah. So read that card, Sean, because uh, somebody might not have the original core box that they're probably now going to buy. <laughs> you are right. The Age of Ultron. It's an unaffiliated card. 
reactive, if Ultron is KO'd, he may spend eight power to play this card before removing the miniature from the battlefield. Ultron is not removed from the battlefield. Instead, he removes all special conditions, flips his card to his healthy side, removes all damage, drops all objective tokens, and may be placed within range three of his current location. Mm. Mm. So you're telling me we now have a five-threat Ultron with grunts um, that has a card that can just resurrect himself if you KO him, as long as he has eight power. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I alluded to it a little bit earlier that he had eight on his healthy side and only six on his injured side. I think right. the reason he only has six on his injured side is because of this card. I that you know I think that was a good assumption. Uh, yes, I I think this card is stapled on this character. Uh, yeah, no. If you take Ultron Metal Tyrant, you are taking Age of Ultron, and I I know that in our current Marvel Crisis Protocol game, Tactics card slots are precious. They are precious especially with how many characters have cards that they really want to use. Looking at you, Rhino, you know, that is an example. So with that, though, if you don't take this card, our Ultron Metal Tyrant here is, is relatively hardy, but he doesn't have any defensive tech against physical or energy attacks. So it's just straight dice. Yeah, it is four, but yes, just raw dice. Just straight dice. So if you take Ultron Metal Tyrant without the Age of Ultron, you're putting your life in Ultron's hands. <laughs> you know, like, take this card and your opponent will have to think long and hard about how they go into Ultron. Malekith, cool, come at me, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it's... Mm, yeah, Age of Ultron is going to be... I think this is the card. It, I was saying that we're still looking at this current uh, meta, if you will, um, going forward as the core box 2 comes out. Um, this card, I think, puts Ultron in that talk of just like not being like top tier you know within like that elite four as some people now call them but i think he hangs i think that he's a piece that you're comfortable putting on the table to fight against some of these stronger pieces we've been seeing yeah and and i think that that's a really good conversation is like as we've seen these pieces come out we talked about the cosmic avenger captain marvel we're talking about ultron now with the age of ultron and, and we've seen other pieces come out, Beta Ray Bill as an example, of characters that can deal with these battle cruisers, I think, in some way or another. And I think Ultron plays that game well. Yep. Yeah, I think he slots right in. Yeah. So I'm, I love this character. Sean, we don't know what affiliations that he's going to be associated with. Cabal, for sure. I'm sure of it. He will be in Cabal. Yeah. He was in the core yeah. set. So, mm -hmm. so other than Cabal, what other affiliations do you feel like that the Metal Tyrant plays well in? Don't you take mine. Hmm. <laughs> I think he does well with uh, like Hydra, like under like a Baron Strucker. I mean, him being able to add those two conditions on one wild um, plays very well with Strucker's um, I, like affiliation leadership. 
I think that'd be a really, really cool place to see. Yeah. Him. What about you? I definitely, so I have a couple. I definitely think Mbaku Wakanda would, would really like this because he's rolling enough dice where he should have wilds fairly regularly. So being able to get that additional bit of success over the top, I think is really strong. I think Captain America, first Avenger, Avengers leadership, where he can pay a power. If he rolled a wild, he can change anything to anything else, right? Isn't that how that works? I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so like I think that is a place where, and I'm sorry, it's if he rolls a hit, he can change it to anything else. So That's right. So I think stuff like that is really good for him. Places where he can fix his dice in in a way that just makes him exceptionally consistent, I think is going to be very, very, very nice, which we have a lot of places like that. Guardians of the Galaxy is a place where, does he replace Power Ronin for me in my Guardians of the Galaxy list? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, God. Like, I don't, don't want to think about him in Guardians. I don't hate it because I can throw Power Ronin out, put Ultron Metal Tyrant in, and I can take Star-Lord, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Ultron Metal Tyrant. That's 14. And then I just yeah. add in Drax or Ant-Man or something like that. Or I'd have to add in Drax to stay affiliated. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think that sounds pretty fun, actually. I think so, too. Uh, I think I know a lot of people still kind of slot in um, like regular Ghost Rider and Cosmic Ghost Rider in some lists I see. I yep. think he potentially takes over regular Ghost Rider slot. I think he's he's a candidate for it. And it's one of those things where it might not be the top tier tech. But I think it's kind of fun. But, Sean, uh, let's just go ahead and, and talk about where his true home is. Like, the place that he should live his best life. Where is that, Will? That's in the convocation. Oh, of course. Only, of course. I mean, let me break it down for you, okay? I have a strange supreme problem in that I just can't quit that man. He is... Just so good. I love him so much. He's my best friend. We go on play dates together. It's wonderful. So I love him so much. However, him at his five threat is very useful. It's very good. All of that. It's really, you know, it's a thing. But there's this card called the Ironbound Books of Shumagorath that if you play it, you get to use your mystic defense whenever you're targeted by physical attacks. So Ultron in the right matchup, which matchup do I hate the most, Sean? Uh, I don't know. Well, how about you tell me? What, what matchup do you hate? You know, it's the Brotherhood. I really... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't with the Brotherhood, okay? So anyways, Ultron's on the table now. Cool. I'm going to eat those attacks from Magneto with my five Mystic Defense, counting each wild as two successes. Oh, and by the way, yeah. you can't push me or advance me because I've changed the attack type to Mystic now. Right. I will say more than a lot of other characters that have been talked about on, in the, on the convocation train, if you will, this character, I will 100% agree, fits very, very well in convocation because of that card. It's because of that. And also, Age of Ultron is a great card for him, and it allows you to just, you know, throw caution to the wind with a character like this. Additionally, his grunts. Cool. I played Ironbound Books on turn two. I've got these grunts out. On the first turn, Mordo, he gave them extra dice, so they have one less health. Okay, turn two. 
he's going to give them more dice. They have one less health against so They're at one health now. And then, okay, cool. I'm going to throw something into them, throw a character into them, do something. They're going to take another damage. Wonderful. They've just KO'd. And now I get to activate Ultron and some terrain comes back. Something, You know what I mean? Like there's so many ways to, I think, get these grunts back that now I'm, I'm just living my best life. Yeah, no, for sure. I I like the design of this character too, of just the fact that, and just like within that shell and even others that like, sure he can be bursty with his, his attacks, but he has a lot of options for just like plinking damage, right? With like the throws, then he has the grunts that can explode and do an additional damage as well. The explosive force trigger, like he has these ways to just do that auto one, auto one, auto one that is, will add up over time for sure. Yes, exactly. And I think that wherever you put this character, there's probably places that he doesn't love. There's probably places that exist that aren't his favorite in terms of where he's going to shine. However, I think this is another one of those characters that when he's on the table, as long as he doesn't just get deleted instantly and you don't have Age of Ultron, you're going to have an okay time. I think this is a character that's going to pull his weight on the tabletop and then some in most instances, no matter where you add him in. Yes, for sure. I mean, the only places I can think of off the top of my head, any other care, any other like affiliation that requires uh, you to have a grunt uh, leader or grunt person to have in that list, because then you can't bring out your drones. That overlap sucks, but there will definitely be other affiliations that who, outshine but more often than not he's just a very like total package character he can kind of carry himself in a lot of ways and he doesn't really need the support but it's great if you can give it to him right and another thing i love about him is we have a lot of these characters that come out of like hold deactivation you know wait this and that even though he has a nice control with encephalo beam you don't have to hold his activation a lot of the time, I think. I think that he's a character that when the moment's right, he can strike, regardless of whether yes. that's at the top or the bottom of a round. Yes, absolutely. He can definitely change gears however you need him to play. Yeah. So I love him so much, and and this is so far probably my favorite model that we've talked about in the core set. Just it's just He's just fun. Yeah. I, as I said, I can't wait. And, and he's I, also— Like a beat— Beating a dead horse over here, but yeah, he looks like a blast. <laughs> exactly. So we are running short on time. I want to get to some show questions, but real quick, the the only other thing I want to say, and I, I want to kind of talk about grunts here for just a second, and I feel like this is a good time to do it. I've I've alluded to my thoughts on grunts before, but Sean, I'm finally gonna I'm finally gonna pull the soapbox out. I don't usually do this. I don't usually take take stands and and complain and all this. I'm not complaining. I don't feel this is complaining. This is constructive. But I hate grunts. <laughs> I'm glad you finally said it on here, Will. I'm so proud of you. I give you a round of applause, man. Thanks, thanks. I'll take a bow real quick. Yes, I hate grunts. The grunts are the worst thing in the game. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't know if they're the worst for me, but I do carry a similar sentiment. So let me expand on why I don't like grunts. 
it's it's a lot to do with how they are currently designed minus Ultron Metal Tyrant. I think, and I know I'm gushing, and yes, I do have a little bit of rose-colored glasses for a character I really like. Ultron's a character I really like in general. Age of Ultron is one of my favorite comic book runs, all that stuff. Let's just put that aside for a second. But the fact that this is an objective points-based game and you have characters that cost nothing that are associated with another character, so I guess that's your 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 baked-in thing, but they cost you nothing and can contribute to your points-scoring agenda. I just, I don't love that. I don't love that now I'm forced to have to make that mental leap in my head of, okay, my only character that can take out these shield agents is my four-threat character. Beta Ray Bill is the only one who's in range, and they're holding an extract. Well, now I've got to use Beta Ray Bill's likely one action, unless he's around or within range of other people, to deal with a free model. It, that that does not feel good. That is a negative play experience, in my opinion. And I've had that experience before where Sanders can uh, attest to this. I roll five mystic dice with a wild pierce into his shield agents, and they survive. Yes, that's just dice. I get it, it's dice. But man, does that not... That just, it just feels so bad. It feels so bad it can absolutely i know marvel has some wild dice uh easily i can't say easily but like definitely some like the more like egregious dice in any of like tabletop game i've played uh with the crit system and how it works um but i mean even in the same or like sorry it's kind of like using that idea but going the other way with it like i've had plenty of times uh doing it and being on the opposite side of like Oh, here's a Hydra Grunts shooting into my character. I'm going to roll four dice. Here's five damage? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, and like, it, that things like that can happen, and it's, that's the dice in this game. Absolutely. But, I mean, I, it's not, it doesn't feel good at all. Right, right. It doesn't feel good, and especially when you look at, like, the Hydra Grunts and the Shield Agents, I feel like are... The most egregious example of grunts that I don't love for for the reasons that we're talking about here. One, the way that they interact with objectives and can score points. Now, with the shield agents, as an example, I love that their thing is buy you time. Like, that's their thing, right? The, the buy you time aspect of that. I think that is very fitting and very thematic with Nick Fury and how S.H.I.E.L.D. would probably operate in a thing like this. I think Nick Fury should have a grunt-type character. But I think all grunts, all grunts, should have a cannot score from objectives. So I think what you could do with the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents is say, okay, cool, they can go pick up an extract but I don't think them scoring with it is healthy. 
Right. I think, I guess kind of like branching off what you're saying, that's actually you and I, and I know we've talked about this before behind closed doors, if you will. But I think that if you gave them an ability to pass along the objective and you just make a blanket case for Grunt stating um, like, hey, if the Grunt character is holding an objective at the end of a round, you do not count VP for that held objective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a very nice rules way to do it because what ends up happening, especially shield as an, as an example, again, like that's the, the, the brawl starts and then the grunts get killed and then, okay, cool. Iron Man walks over and picks up the objective or Nick Fury walks up and picks up the objectives or insert other character walks up, picks up the objective that they were holding, but not until they had already scored it for a round or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they, they, uh, they went round one and they moved and scored that objective. And it just, it just feels like you're not playing big superhero battles when you have to deal with a shield agent holding an objective token. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see like certain people arguing against that, but at the same time, even taking away from the feel of it, like the feel of just the game like it doesn't feel good as you mentioned earlier to like have to shove a character across a board uh, chasing some grunts that like ran to a corner holding you know a hammer uh, right that doesn't feel good at all yeah and it's funny that you say that like the the running to a corner holding an objective thing right that's a part of the game that's a part of the game when spider-man does it it makes sense spider-man when Cosmic Ghost Rider shows up, would get the hell out of there with a scroll, a scroll person. Like, it's what he would do. Like, that is that is thematic to Spider-Man, okay? Or or Black Cat running away with an objective. She's a thief! <laughs> like, it makes sense. But the shield Absolutely. agents costing nothing and just walking away. Or the, the hand ninjas, again, I guess there's some theme in there, but like... The fact that you can just run these guys away and they are fast because they're on these medium-sized bases with a medium move and they just dip. Yep, absolutely. I, and again, like I, I don't think it's to me, it's not a theme thing because let's be real. Like if I was a dude, like I was a trained agent and some cosmic entity showed up, I'd run to. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> right, but... That being said, from a mechanics standpoint, to chase down something that costs my opponent nothing to bring outside of a parent character, it it's not good, in my yeah. opinion. And, and that's, I think, the real rub there is that the cost of these characters is their parent character. When you look at a character like Nick Fury... I know I know our friend Merzane will have a different opinion, but he's a decent four threat without them. Decent. Now, I think his kit is intrinsically tied to them, and the four threat nature of him is directly related to what his grunts can do. Yep. So I'm okay again with him having grunts. It it is thematic. I'm I'm here for the theme. Yeah. I'm okay with them, like, 
manipulating extracts, if you will, right? The idea right. of them going and getting the thing, like him commanding, like commanding his grunts, go up, get the item, get away with it. That's all well and good. But I honest to goodness feel like they should just have an ability to like kind of similar to the ninjas. Like they don't have to kill themselves to do it. Maybe they, they have to be within range one instead of two, but they can pass it to an allied character and go and but as long as they're holding it at the end of a turn if it, the grunt character still has it they just don't score yeah yeah i think I, that'd be cool i think you could give nick fury another superpower that costs one power and he says he says hey shield agents pass it over here yeah or maybe even using the mechanics since the grunts have like the place within range two and you get to pick maybe they just drop it right you're like or yeah. make nick fury's power cost nothing but he tells the grunt character to just drop the extract beautiful beautiful something like that in the same vein going off of like the hydra grunts i think them just being able to sit on a point and just score you is also bad in faith i hate it. um right like i feel like they should maybe still be able to interact with secures. So like maybe flip a point like yeah. with Mad Men or Push portals, things like that. But being able to just sit on a secure and score you for free while Red Skull goes and terrorizes the board and they have a range four shot to still contribute, that's a bit much. Oh, and they can also get full rerolls on said range four shot. If they want to, absolutely, yeah. and Red Skull can bring him back for nothing at the start of his turn, at the at the pick of an activation. Exactly. So, so it's like it's one of those things where grunts are a part of the game. They're a core mechanic in this game, so they're not going anywhere. But I do think that we can we can make them better as a community, and I think that Ultron Metal Tyrant's design is a start of making grunts and I, and I hope this continues of, of making grunts that feel like fodder characters instead of yeah, I, critical pieces. Right. I think that these grunts are a step in the right direction. I do have one other potential like throw in for grunts as well. Um, kind of going back to grunts just you know ripping hot dice and it's all of a sudden it's the grunts gunning down your like agent venom if you will or <laughs> yeah you know whatever like high piece where you feel like that shouldn't happen maybe grunts should not be able to explode crits oh i'm here for that right you can still count them as successes sure Except for ultron's crunts maybe because we like ultron's grunts there you go. Right. Maybe there should just be a clause just stating that they can. Right. <laughs> but maybe that should just be a base grunt rule. Like yeah. they just can't explode crits. Man. Yeah. I think when we water this whole discussion down, it's the fact that we are maybe looking at this from a little bit of a competitive standpoint. I think that's a, a little bit of where this discussion is coming from, from both of us. And when you water it down, and you, you look at the beer and pretzels nature of this game that AMG wants it to have, it's it's probably okay in its current form. But I don't think we can just look at it from that angle. And when you look at it from that competitive thing, which AMG clearly wants the competitive side to have a voice, and I'm not the most competitive player, I, I, I'm not, but I think that's where this stuff starts to get 
a little dicey, <laughs> pun intended. And when you have these free characters, these characters that cost you no resources, they cost nothing except for Ultrons. Ultrons is going to cost you power in some way or another. There's a cost for Ultrons, right? Nick Fury's cost two power, but realistically, I don't see that as too... It is still a cost. Fine. Shadowlands Daredevils cost nothing. Red Skull Master of Hydra cost nothing. Yeah. And, and now we're talking, too, about bringing them back. Remember, Grunt's start on the board. Exactly. Exactly. So... I think that's another thing is at the beginning of the game, they cost you nothing and they have extremely meaningful contributions by and large. Absolutely. Um, now, if you're designing your character around that, that's one thing. Uh, but a lot of these characters, I think, are still like solid threat levels at where they are. And the grunts just add a bit extra. The only arguable one into my mind right now would maybe be like Electra and Nick Fury. Fair. Um, but I mean, I think Shadowlands granted Shadowlands. Yeah. I know there's a lot of debacle about him not being that great. I still think he's a pretty solid character he's, personally. What? Um, yeah. He, I think, I think he's very fine. Yes. Um, he's but, awesome. Right. Right. But like Red Skull, Red Skull is such a good five oh, yeah. as is. And You're then exactly you add right. these, you add these dudes that just blow people off the board half the time. Yep, you are exactly right, and and I and and that's it. I mean, Shadowlands is a is a good character in his own right, right? Without the grunts, he doesn't need the grunts. The grunts just tune him up a little bit, right? Which I think is fine. Electra, she's she needs work. She's got problems. We'll talk about her another time. Nick Fury <laughs> right. is decent, not great without his grunts, but his grunts tune him up to a nice level of character. But you're yes, right for sure. You you look at his design and you can tell his design is around those grunts, and I think that is fine. But I just think the design of grunts, period, is a bit pushed. I agree, and I'll also say I think that grunts having three health and higher defenses. Like I'm, I'm glad Ultron drones have three health and two twos across the board. But I think that I think Nick Fury's grunts two health one, 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 that should be the stat line period. Yeah. I think for when we're talking threat levels. So if you notice the three health ones are on five threats, the two health ones are on four threats. So if you keep that design, I think I think personally that's fine. It's the other things we've touched base on between like again how swingy the dice are in this game and how the object it's an objective based game and how these grunts a lot of them the majority of them can manipulate that is the issue. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's it right there. And and when you look at the the threat level costs that you're bringing associated with the grunts and how. Your four threat Nick Fury, your four threat Shadowlands, those two characters open up your list building opportunities, and you get an extra activation that, that it was you know there's there's an extra activation that you get on your turn that you can manipulate to gain priority. Yep, it's uh I don't I just yeah I Marvel Christ Protocol in my opinion is a pretty tight game. I love it. I think overall. It's in a good place. And 
and, and we've been living in the grunt world for a long time now. I just never enjoy my games as much against grunt characters as I do against others. It's that simple. So yeah. Indeed. So yeah. That is my two cents on grunts. And Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this might be the first time I've ever had like a hard I hate this thing rant. <laughs> And I don't know you've how had, feel you've about had some it. rants in the past, but I think <laughs> this is this one had a point. It had a purpose. Yeah. And and look, we grunts are a core mechanic of the game. I'm okay with that. I just think that they can be implemented better. And I think that Ultron Metal Tyrant might be the start of that. And look, I know there's people out there that are not gonna like Ultron's grunts that are gonna think because they can't interact with objectives that they are the worst grunts in the game. I understand that sentiment, but when you pull back a little bit and you realize that these are free characters that come associated with a character who's pretty effing good, it makes perfect sense. I think so too. Yeah, the problem is not Ultron's grunts. The problem is the other grunts at large. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so, yep, yep. So with that, we've got a couple of show questions, just a couple because we got to get rolling here. And the first one is from Marty2020. I really like this question. Why do you use Brace for Impact more than Indomitable? Brace happens after the collision while Indomitable makes the push or throw not happen at all. For me, I use Brace because I don't so much mind the positioning aspect of being thrown, but I really can't afford the damage most of the time is how I I think of it in my head is like saving that one point of damage when like making my opponents spend some resources maybe they spent their throw superpower to throw a character to do that one point of damage and I'm like okay cool I'm alive if I play brace here like that kind of stuff is really great and indomitable you can do the same thing but it's going to cost you more resources. It's two versus one in that instance of power cost. And I I feel like in general, the threat of brace is more powerful ultimately than the threat of indomitable. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair. I guess my answer for that would be sharing one from you and then one of my own is the power. Uh, the fact that your brace only requires the targeted character to have one, essentially. You can spend another one off of the another character being impacted by the throw if they are part of that collision. The other is layered throws and pushes. Uh, the fact that a lot of characters, like Hulk, for instance, they're going to have instances where, hey my attacks have triggers that are going to do this thing. Hey, I have a superpower that can also do the thing. And so when you have Indom, you're like, cool, I'll stop the first instance, but then the second instance happens anyway, so it moves you off the point. Uh, whereas with Brace, Brace lets me pick the best opportune moment of, okay, where's it going to matter that I'm going to potentially take the most damage or like the damage that would daze or KO me? Let me prevent that. Exactly. And I think Indomitable is wonderful. I think that there are plenty of instances where Indomitable is maybe the choice over Brace, but in my experience, I dropped as soon as Indomitable became restricted, which it probably should have. It was popular, which it was very popular. 
So I get it. But as soon as it hit the restricted list, I dropped it because I don't need to resist being pushed or thrown as much as I need to stop that damage in a bigger, impactful way. Like, Indomitable doesn't save you when a size 4 piece of terrain's thrown at you. But right. Brace does. Yes, but at, in that same vein, there's just different instances, right? Where, like, exactly. Indom can stop a big push happening. Right. Where Brace has nothing there. So, right. I, there's, it's a, uh, you know, just tomato tomato kind of thing here uh i i've seen people bring both i've never seen indom over brace well hardly ever i should say but i have seen people just bring both of them just say forget it i don't need anything else yeah yeah that's a bold strategy cotton let's see how it works out but i love it it's good i don't hate it so yeah thanks for that question marty that's a really good one um so next up we have rob with a mary freak kill core one widow Agent Widow, Core 2 Widow. Sean, take it away. All right. Uh, Marry Core 2, uh, Freak on Core 1, and kill Agent Widow. See, I'm going to go Freak on Core 2, Marry Agent Widow, and we're killing Core Widow 1. Oh, that's an interesting take. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 64 dice Widow bombs are, are, are just, they just get my blood pumping. You see, I never played that list. Maybe if I got on that juice, I'd be down with the two. Yeah, there you go. So then Barncat says, if an MCP character prepared a chicken tender platter for you, which one would do the best job and which one would do the worst? Well, I'm going to go with... Oh, man, this is tough. Like... Who would do the best job? I'm going to go someone with an incinerate. So I'm going to say Cable. Hmm, okay. Cable probably. Cable probably. And then who would do the worst? Um, I'm going to go with Gwenpool. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just don't think she has the patience for some good chicky tendies. Sure, sure. I got my answers off the rip. All right, let's hear it. The best, Cassandra Nova. Because <laughs> she's an old lady, and she knows how to cook. Yeah, Grandma obviously. knows how to cook. That's right. That's right. She's going to make the best. 100% guaranteed. The worst, the original Human Torch, because he will incinerate them to a crisp. Ah, yeah. See, I was going with the... Like, you know, fire them up real nice, but you're right. Original Human Torch will burn them down, and that's not good for anybody. Not at all. All right, last question before we button up this episode. Landon says, which new core box model do you anticipate seeing splashed the most? So we haven't gone over all of the core box models just yet, but I think Ultron Metal Tyrant is actually a very good candidate for seeing a lot of splash. I actually will say the same thing. Nice. Uh, I think there's a few actual really good models within this that could easily be splashed around, but Ultron just stands out to me as like, he's not going to underperform in most instances. Whereas there's other characters. I think that like, you might not want Captain Marvel cosmic Avenger everywhere, but when she's on the table, she should perform, but maybe not the best. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, we don't know who's affiliated with what yet outside, of course, like your leaders. Um, and of course, we're just spitballing Ultron's most likely cabal. Um, yeah. But I, I'm sure some of these characters may just be in more affiliations than others. And that kind of knocks them down on that list. If Winter Soldier is very similar to the Winter Soldier we have now, and he's not really affiliated anywhere outside of they made him shield later, that's your obvious answer. But outside of that, I think Ultron is a very safe bet because outside of Cabal, I don't know where I would say he would be affiliated. Yeah, I, I can't think of anywhere. And it's one of those things where I think that I just I think he's going to perform on the tabletop. I I know I'm gushing yep. and I'm not I'm not rational when it comes to Ultron. But who cares? <laughs> I think it's fine. I think with the with the Age of Ultron tech that um uh, that is a very safe thing to say in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also think Spectacular Spider-Man's got some play. Yeah. You know. Anyways, with that Sean, where can people find you? I am on the Gamers Guild podcast, the Star Wars Shatterpoint portion of that. Please go check us out there on all the various podcasting platforms. Uh, other than that, I am go by Sandbox on the discords. So just reach out to me there if you guys ever want some MCP or Shatterpoint input. Yeah, make sure to check that out. Give them some love over there. Also, check out House Party Protocol over on Facebook. There will be a picture of the jersey that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're interested in getting one of those, check out Patreon. That's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. For as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can come and hang out in the best place on the internet. It's wonderful. Lots of great conversations going on over there about all manner of different things. I love it so much. And we've got these jerseys coming up. September 9th is the cutoff for orders. So make sure to get your order in. We're looking at like $25 per jersey right now, which is amazing when you see these things. They're like that like polyester gaming jersey like you see on like, you know, pro Overwatch teams. Is that even a thing anymore? But I don't know. But, you know, pro gaming teams. Like That's what this looks like. And it looks really cool. And you can get whatever name you want on the back, whatever number you want on there. It's got the logo on it. It looks awesome. It's it's super fun. So make sure to check that out if you're interested there. Send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Messages over on Facebook. I love all the chit-chat that we get going over there on Facebook. It's a great time to see the conversation come up whenever I make a new post about a character that's been revealed or something like that. And I just, I love it so much. So I want to say thank you so much. And I appreciate your time being here with me today, Sean, and also to all the suits out there listening. This is an ultra thick boy deluxe episode, but uh, I think we had we covered a lot of good ground here, and it's something that I uh, I want to say I really appreciate uh, sticking around till the end if you made it this far, and be good to yourself out there, be good to others, and party on, Sean. Party on, Will. And power down, suits. Suits.